Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 273 and we're talking about things to do in New Zealand. We are not in New Zealand, but my mind has been turning back there as we begin to plan uh, well, the last, I don't know, six months of our time in Europe. Yeah, I suppose we're on the downhill stretch now. We're uh, looking towards being in New Zealand for, for Christmas. And considering it's now April, it's still some time away. Yeah. And considering we also haven't been in New Zealand for over a year, I'm not sure how qualified we are to talk about this topic at present. Oh, but anyway. so infinitely qualified. <laughs> so infinitely qualified. I really do love New Zealand and I can talk about it for hours and hours and hours and have. I have been known to do that and have been known to be asked if I'm working for the New Zealand Tourism Board, <laughs> which I'm not, unfortunately, because if I was, I'm sure I've, I've earned New Zealand tourism thousands, millions of dollars just by, by the free advertising I give it. <laughs> and I'm going to continue to do that today because New Zealand is awesome. Another thing that's awesome is Intrepid Travel. They run small group sustainable travel tours and they've been doing that since 1989. They're our sponsor on today's show, so thanks a lot Intrepid. Yeah, they have an average group size of about 10 and the maximum is 12 on most trips. They've got some really good trips. We did one um, through South America a couple of years ago. I can't believe that was a couple of years ago. And we really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it because, yeah, I think it was a maximum of 12 and that was enough to get to know everyone on the group. But if there was anyone you didn't get on with, you could be hanging out with other people. So it wasn't, a, mm. wasn't an issue. Yeah, and there was local accommodation, local restaurants, and a local guide as well. So it was all with small businesses. We weren't staying in big chains or anything like that. So uh, that's what we like to do when we travel. So it's nice to find a, a tour operator that does the same. Yeah, and they have lots of different trips in over 100 countries, including New Zealand, which is what we're going to talk about today. So let's get on with it. Yeah, well, New Zealand cities are growing, with the exception of uh, Christchurch, which is still recovering from the big earthquakes that you remember from a few years ago. And uh, urban life is just growing and growing. Auckland's more cosmopolitan every time we go back, eh? Yeah, it is. And one thing that's not so great about New Zealand is the public transport, but every time we go back it seems to be getting better and better. For example, uh, light rail is becoming more common, the bus network is improving slowly but surely with better <laughs> ticketing systems and it's great I mean it's got more than 1.5 million people now which sounds like a very small city to to some of you but it's quite big for us <laughs> the other two major cities have about 400 or 450,000 with as Craig said Christchurch is decreasing in size so I think Wellington is now officially the second largest city it used to be Christchurch mm. Yeah, but you don't go to New Zealand really to go and see the cities. You go to do all of the fun stuff there is to do in the great outdoors. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We've got half a dozen of our favourite things to do that don't involve restaurants and clubbing. Yeah, I mean there are some really nice restaurants. and I'm sure there are some nice clubs, not that we're very clubby people. And you should definitely spend some time in the cities, but... Let's talk about the more interesting things. Well, interesting from our, our perspective. So number one, be a beach bum. Oh, oh my goodness, we have some really amazing beaches in New Zealand. It's maybe not the tropical beaches of, of Asia or all the Pacific Islands, although we do have some pretty ones. Um, and yeah, because there are so few people living in the country, it's quite easy to have your own beach. Have a beach to yourself. 
Yeah, one thing that uh, I like doing is going and camping on the beaches. Oh, yeah. Now, you can't camp on all of the beaches, but uh, some of them have either private campgrounds or Department of Conservation, DOC, or DOC campgrounds there. So one thing that we often do at New Year's is drive up to a beach, often with some friends, and we'll stay in a holiday home called a batch, or uh, just pitch a bunch of tents and then, yeah, just chill out by the water, lie on the sand, go fishing, go hiking, go swimming. Have and, barbecues. Uh, yeah, eat what, you, eat what you catch and, uh, yeah, pour some nice beer, nice wine, and just chill out. And, I mean, the area north of Auckland is really good for that. Over those holiday periods, it gets crazy busy. But, uh, yeah, come down in kind of February, March, or December February, if it's a good year. November, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, just chill out on the beach you can yeah if you really want to have a new zealand experience you need to go to a beach for new years (laughs) you'll be with lots of people in that case but it's yeah it's really kiwi have a frisbee play maybe cricket on the beach uh bit of football rugby well you name it (laughs) (laughs) yep it's all good um now there's lots of lots of climbing lots of caving lots of all that kind of stuff but whenever i think of that like i like the idea of climbing it sounds sexy and outdoors and adventurous and fun but it also seems like there's so much equipment and i don't know what i'm doing and it seems very technical and 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 um yes i've seen vertical limit um (laughs) But, you know, there's there's caving for the not-so-adventurous in New Zealand as well. Um, and that's because the limestone caves have a lot of glowworms, which are these weird little bugs. You know more about them than me. Oh, I don't know that much about them. But basically <laughs> the idea is that uh, their, their glow is their, is their poo, which doesn't really sound that sexy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you go into the caves and you can see hundreds and thousands of these, of these little glowworms, and they're really cool. Our favourite glowworm cave is north of Auckland as well. Actually, going north of Auckland is a good idea. It's run by a Maori family and across fifteen. Not all of go. the north of Auckland. No, no, no. The particular <laughs> glowworm cave uh, complex, and uh, a guide will take you through. And it's just a walk. They've they've put in some wooden walkways to take you through the the pathway, and uh, it's really nice. You see lots of glowworms. The more touristy and ex- more expensive option is down in Waitomo. Um, you're paying about 100, well, 80 to 100 euros. But they have a lot of different options, including blackwater rafting, which is when you have a big inner tube. You have to get into a, um, a wetsuit and you'll, you'll go down these dark rivers underground in an inner tube. It's really fun. I did it one year with my sister. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a bit more expensive than other options. Yeah, but I think Waitomo's got uh, an international reputation right. for a reason. It's it's very accessible, but you can also kind of add adventure. You can mm-hmm. you can add abseiling or things like that, or you can just go on like a one to two hour guided walk around these amazing caves and uh, yeah, be not so adventurous. So I like that, and that's something. There are that, options. That's a really good thing about Waitomo. Yeah, that's something that to me sums up tourism in New Zealand. Like, there's there's adventure to be had and opportunities to be had in a really controlled, safe, structured environment. But then it's very easy to to kind of bounce off that and do something 
unusual or something on your own or something that uh, yeah just adds more adventure into it and yeah it's that balance of wildness and infrastructure yeah I structure guess, I suppose that, yeah. that balances it all out okay let's move on to number three which is cycling there are some really great cycling paths in New Zealand and what's the one that's just well, opened a couple of years ago that goes across the, the South Island? Yeah, what they're doing is trying to build, um, the English name is the National Cycle Rail Project. And so what they're doing is trying to build a network of cycle paths that, um, oh God, I'm reminded of a bad joke at this point. Um, they're trying to build a I network. I bet they want to know. <laughs> cycle paths, psychopaths. Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, so... Yeah, they're trying to build a network of cycle paths that connect you up... You have to tell uh, the different, joke now, Greg. No, no, it's so bad. Um, that connect up... I'll make him tell it at the end of the episode. No, you won't. It's yes, so I will. Bad. I will. So bad. Get Jono on the line. He can, he can <laughs> tell those long, fuzzy jokes well. Um, you tell it well. You will tell it at the end of the episode. Just oh wait. Oh, my goodness. And so the... The paths connect up different uh, existing paths and uh, different national parks and things like that. And the idea is to have a complete set of infrastructure, like trails and places to stay and places to repair your bike and everything like that, completely up and down the country. And so enough of it's been done that you can really go and have a good time. The, uh, the guys in Adelaide that we went mountain biking with Oh yeah, scapegoat. Yeah. They uh, have started doing trips over to New Zealand now, so they're cool. taking a bunch of Aussies and going and hitting up some of these trails over there. So, yeah, it's beautiful. beautiful. Scapegoat run a really good um, cycle and wine tour, don't they? They do. In Adelaide. We don't have so, very many of those in New Zealand, which is a pity because our next point is wine tasting. In New Zealand, there is some good wine tasting to be had. One of the beautiful things about liking wine and being in New Zealand is that most wineries don't charge you for a tasting so you just rock it up in your car and uh, you can taste well usually three or four but sometimes more of their wines that are on offer it's expected that you buy a bottle um, and if there's three of you or two or three of you one bottle is sufficient if you really like the wine buy more and that's it some wineries do charge a token fee of maybe five dollars per person which is refunded if you buy a bottle so it all kind of works out anyway and I think that's a nice way of of stopping people from just abusing the system. Of course, if you are driving, you really do need to choose someone to uh, to be the designated driver and not drink. It's really good in Australia. As you come into all these wineries, there's always a sign that says, who's the skipper? So to remind you that somebody needs to be, you know, the sober driver, which I think is quite cool. We don't have that much in New Zealand, unfortunately. No, I get the feeling we ought to stop talking about Australia so much when we talk about New Zealand. <laughs> you started it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And fair the thing enough. is, if you're coming to New Zealand, you really should visit Australia too, because it's pretty cool. Yeah, well, most people that we've spoken to have said, like, you know, I had a, a year and I worked for nine months in Australia and worked and travelled, and then I jumped over to New Zealand and realised I had made a giant mistake and should have done it the other way around. Yeah. And... Uh, I think Australia is much bigger and there are amazing experiences to be had, but New Zealand does pack in a, a lot more per per square kilometre, I think. Yeah, I completely agree. But if you have three weeks in New Zealand, a week in Australia would not go amiss no. on the way home. No, definitely not. 
Um, so yeah, there's wine regions all over New Zealand, but the most prestigious are certainly Marlborough, which is the top of the South Island, then the Otago Valley, Gibston Valley area, which is just above Queenstown, so about two-thirds of the way down the South Island, smack bang in the middle. And then uh, in the North Island, the area on the east coast around Hastings, and uh, and down to Gisborne as well. Yeah, Hastings to Gisborne, those those coastal bays there and inland from there, and then uh, Auckland actually has five different wine regions to itself. Uh, the most prestigious being Waiheke. And which... Waiheke is the exception to what I was saying before. Most of the wineries on Waiheke will charge you. And we went to one winery there, and they only had one wine on offer to taste. And it, they were to charge us 3 or $4 per person for one tiny taste. So we said, no, thank you, and left. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing about Waiheke is that they don't really sell their wines in stores mm. anywhere. It all goes straight to table at five-star restaurants. And, you know, it, it really is a, a boutique wine-growing area. Yeah. So you pay a lot for the prestige of being there and tasting there and uh, yeah there are there are other more enjoyable places if you're not a wine connoisseur to mm-hmm. go tasting yeah I definitely choose to go up to Matakana which is about an hour north of Auckland and if you go on a Saturday is it Saturday they've got their farmers market mm. and uh, so you go there first you you buy some fresh fruit and have a waffle or a, uh, they have some really delicious breakfast there and there's coffee yeah, and I like the scallops wrapped in bacon Scallops or mussels? Was mussels? Both. Oh, they got. Mm. Mm. I know what we're doing when we get back. <laughs> and uh, and then you can head out wine tasting, and there are lots and lots of wineries around there. You do need a car. It's not really possible to do it by bike, although some of the wineries do appear at the farmers market, and you can have a taste or two of their wines. We always make a really good day of it. If you are planning on going wine tasting, it's a good idea just to choose maybe four wineries to visit. Any more and you forget what you've tasted and it's getting a bit crazy you don't really have time and three is okay but any fewer it doesn't really feel like you're doing a a real wine tasting day well let's go from wine tasting to the water and whale watching i don't think i did that as well as i could no and andy zaltzman would not be pleased just trying <laughs> to get all that all that assonance is it assonance or alliteration? alliteration i was getting confused i'm always wrong when it comes to those assonances yeah. with vowels yes Anyway, whale watching. Well, I can't really talk about it because I still haven't ever seen a whale. (laughs) So I'm going to have to do some whale watching when I get home. We have gone dolphin watching. Although the first time we went dolphin watching in the Bay of Islands, north of Auckland, again, we're talking about the north of Auckland, we went out on this trip and uh, we'd been drinking the night before. Not too much, but all of us, about 10 of us, had not very good stomachs. And it was the roughest day on the water for weeks and weeks and weeks and we didn't see any dolphins. We stopped off somewhere for the worst coffee I've ever had in my life and then got back in the boat for another bumpy ride. So that wasn't great. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think what Linda's saying is don't get in a boat when there's a storm and you're hungover. Yes, that's that's what I'm saying. That's the point. Make sure to plan your (laughs) boat experiences better than I have. All the rest of the time, um, that area, the Bay of Islands up... uh, well, kind of quite far north of Auckland, about three hours' drive, um, is great. And the other area that people... Well, the other two areas that people commonly go are um, Akaroa, which is just outside of Christchurch, and then uh, Kaikoura, which is 
further north. That's where a lot of yeah, that's where a lot of whale watching and dolphin watching goes on, Mm -hmm. and then uh, the Milford Sound, Doubtful Sound area on the southwest coast. They're the they're kind of the prestige areas for, mm. for going out and seeing dolphins, seeing whales. You've got a really high success rate. We right? saw some really, really huge pods of dolphins when we were out on the epi- epi- How do you say it? Epipiri. Epipiri. Uh, or Epipiri. I, yeah, I, I can't remember. I think we should remember. look that up. Anyway, uh, it was an overnight cruise, and it was our anniversary. We went on this overnight cruise, got on at lunchtime, had dinner on the boat, and they, they just took us around, and we saw so many dolphins. It was magic. Yeah, that was great. And uh, what I was going to say is those are the, the places that will show up in the guidebooks mm-hmm. for going whale watching and uh, going swim with the dolphins, all that kind of stuff, and for good reason. Um, but what a lot of people don't know is that if you're in Auckland, you can do half-day dolphin and whale oh, watching yes. trips and whole-day dolphin and whale watching trips. Actually, in the harbour itself, there's whales that come in, like killer whales, the, the orca, and uh, other species of whales. They're not whales. Wow. They're dolphins. They're called whales. But they're not. Called whales. They're called orcas. <laughs> and, Did you see uh, on the news, there was, um, in, in New Zealand just like yesterday, they uh, saw a huge pod of orcas coming right into the beach, I'm not sure where, somewhere in New Zealand, to feed on stingray. Mm. And uh, a whole bunch of people were on the track, I think it was near Taupo. And they, uh, There's they no ocean near Taupo. What are you talking oh, about? I don't know. I can't remember where it was. Anyway, they got some really good, um, good photos and videos of all these orca, which aren't whales. I see. Yeah, they love stingrays. And that's yeah. why you find so many of them in the harbour. Apparently, it's only about two hundred orcas in the waters around New Zealand. So to see a huge group of them was a real treat. Wow, that's really interesting. Hmm. Well, from whale watching onto hobbit hunting. That was better. Yeah, was that? Slightly uh, better. Did I do good? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, there aren't actually any hobbits in New Zealand. We aren't actually Middle-earth, but there are a lot of Lord of the Rings tours that you can go on. And, uh, yeah, with The Hobbit being filmed there just recently, it's uh, definitely a a boom business. Yeah, one of the the most famous areas is Matakana, which is an area of farmland uh, a couple of hours south of Auckland. And that is where they filmed The Hobbit in, well, The Shire, you know, Hobbit in itself and... The, the farmland around it. Uh, during the Lord of the Rings shoot, well, after the Lord of the Rings shoot was finished, they actually had to remove everything. So all you were going to see was a concrete bunker and the shape of the hill. I saw it, but it was the shape of the hill. Yes. Mm. Yes. It was really boring. <laughs> but now um, they've managed to negotiate and uh, keep it all set up. So you can actually go and see... Hobbiton as it was in the films, Excellent. which I think is a uh, a nice change and, yeah. and makes it worth the, the entrance fee. And I haven't checked it up. I saw in a press release that they were talking about doing like a Hobbiton hotel so you could stay there. That's cool. I don't know if that's up and running or not or if it was just a pipe dream, but worth checking out if you're a Lord of the Rings fan. Well, let's also talk about hiking, because one of our favourite things to do in New Zealand is definitely hiking. And New Zealand has some really, really wonderful tracks to walk, including the Great Walks, which which include the Milford Track. The Tongarera Crossing is going to be open again soon after the the big earthquake, or not earthquake, the big volcanic eruption of last year. So that's good. 
But uh, I think it must be open now because um, Dave Dean from Too Many Adapters dot com just was in New Zealand and he was talking about it. Yeah, it's it's open, but it's going to be fully open and one hundred percent. Okay, back operational again. Yeah. So yeah, there's heaps of really nice walks to do. We did the Queen Charlotte track several years ago, and that was fun. I really want to do some more. I really mm-hmm. do. The Pinnacles is nice, uh, which isn't too far from Auckland. Mm. Oh, there's heaps, there's heaps. Yeah, there's so much to do. And there's also a, a north to south or south to north whole country walk oh, that you awesome. can do called Te Araroa. And uh, yeah, you can, you can walk the entire nation. Now, if you're wondering how big that is, that's kind of the, the same distance as walking north to south in Italy or north to south in Japan. Um, I have no North or South American comparisons mm. to make. But it's very, it's quite long. New Zealand is long and skinny. Yeah. And the problem with walking in New Zealand is that townships can be quite far apart. So you need to carry a lot of food and also a lot mm. of water. Yeah. If you are going to be using water from streams, then you should use those little tablets which uh, purify the water because there is jadia, unfortunately, which mm. is not too bad for you, but it's not too pleasant. <laughs> it's, it's, it's unpleasant. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so we've talked in detail about hiking and long-distance long walking in New Zealand in past episodes, so there was information in there about some of the tracks you might like to try and some safety advice and tips for you. Uh, you can find those, of course, at IndieTravelPodcast.com, and if you head to the New Zealand page, which you'll find in the header if you go like IndieTravelPodcast.com, then go Places, Oceania, New Zealand, you'll find a whole lot of stories that... Uh, will help you get around the place. So when thinking about how to get around, you have quite a few options. Public transport is an option. Uh, You've got intercity buses or trains, but they tend to be slow and a bit pricey. You could uh, buy a car or get a spaceship, which is a a mini camper van. And uh, you could also do a tour or a hop-on-hop-off bus tour. Um, And of course, you could consider going on an Intrepid tour, who are our sponsors for this episode. That's right. Intrepid's got a bunch of New Zealand options, actually, um, and some in Australia as well, so you can combine those if you're heading down that way and not sure how to get around. Um, they're, they're in over 100 countries, so, mm. you know, this is just just 2%. I think it's a good option, especially if you're just going for a very short time and you don't have enough time to plan your trip around public transport or around buying or hiring a car. So mm. uh, definitely worth considering if you, if you don't have the time to, to plan your own trip. Yeah, I mean, we've got a good discussion in the forums about buying a car in New Zealand, and it seems to me that it's a lot easier in New Zealand than it is in other countries. Mm -hmm. There's a lot less paperwork, a lot less hassle than many people are expecting to have, but it's still going to take time to arrange it and buy it and sell it. So if you're coming for just one or two weeks and want to get the most out of it, then go take a look at intrepidtravel.com. Or come by IndieTravelPodcast.com and click through the links that we have so they know that we sent you. Also, the uh, Intrepid trips are all run with local guides, so it's like traveling with a knowledgeable friend. And uh, you get to visit local restaurants and, you know, it's a, it's a good experience. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we'd better wrap things up, eh? Um, I had some something in the forums. I'm just going to go look it up because someone was asking a question and I wanted to put it on here. That's right, it was about sabbaticals that Lee was asking. Um, she is thinking about, looking at, maybe, considering a sabbatical. So if you've taken a career break, um, then 
come please and leave a comment on that tell us your experience how how did your boss react to it when you told them were you able to get your job back or a different job did things work out was it worthwhile um we had an update on holly's post watch out for the sacred cow and uh, Anna Laura and us are talking about hard drives and why we still carry them even though they're so freaking heavy. So lots happening in the forums, lots happening on the site actually. So come down and uh, say good day. Well, I think that's us for this week. Until next week, travel well.